0: Y'all welcome to Completely Fucking Clueless. My name is Audrey Jean Flowers.
1: And I am Sarah Alice Liddy, and we both use she, her pronouns. Sarah just
0: did an extra goofy version of our um, lead-in song this morning, which is why... I'm laughing. Yeah,
1: I needed it. I was like stuck in traffic around Audrey's apartment for <laughs> 13 so minutes. I have just like never seen this area this crowded. Like there were trucks everywhere, traffic everywhere. Like even coming into the city, and it's there a was Tuesday traffic.
0: and it's not a special Tuesday.
1: Right. I was like, it's a Tuesday. She's not a special lady. The only thing I thought was like fashion week. It's me too, but I'm like, why? Tuesday I have no idea but like you know when you've just like been in the car for a while and you start going like stir crazy like that's what I feel right now have
0: you ever been trapped like in a tunnel like where there's just the traffic is not moving I one time there are several like tunnels that are right in a row like basically going in and out of Boston yeah and I just got stuck in them over and over again I literally I was in high school and I was like a point of so crazy that I was like, what if I just leave my car here? I know. <laughs> what if so, I just get out and just walk away? And then I was like, no, that's a bad idea on a variety of
1: levels. <laughs> Sometimes like I just get so road ragey and I am just like, everyone move the fuck out of my way. And especially cause it's New York city. Like if you, t- some people just don't know how to drive in the city and it irks me to death.
0: You know, I don't like driving here. I don't do it. It is
1: very stressful. Like once I usually get off the like highway, I like pay attention a lot more. <laughs>
0: yeah I'd still I'll never not find it horrifying anytime you do the thing where you're on the highway and you zone out and then you zone back in, it's like it's been like five minutes and I couldn't tell you a single thing that just happened
1: literally me today like I woke up pretty early because I slept at Olivia's house last night so I like woke up at 6 50 and like but I had to like be out of bed at like 6 50 not like you wake up snooze you know but I was like okay I'm gonna make this like enjoyable for myself Olivia has a Starbucks right near there I'm gonna go get an ice shake and espresso so before I even get to work. So I like wake up early. I take the kids to school. I go back home. I get ready and I'm done like early. I was like, I'm early. I'm like, wow, go me. This never happens to me. And so I leave the house. Yeah, I'm going to be
0: honest. When I got your text being like, I'm actually getting there at 1130 or instead of noon or whatever yeah. it was. I was like, oh fuck. I got to get to it. I was just like, whoa, okay. Sarah's <laughs> early today. I was so
1: proud of you. But I was like, oh fuck. I'm early. I know. Well now because I'm forced to be up early and like yeah. I can't really like lollygag as much or I am trying not to because I think half of my issue with being late most of the time or it's just like I logy lo- 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 gag I lollygag I lollygag I just like sit on my phone Fair I think we all do Yeah and so I was like okay so I get in the car and I like Ten minutes into my drive, start zoning out. Like you know, when you start getting tired and you just like start zoning. And I had that moment. Like I got, I was like on the FDR, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like how did I even get?
0: Here? Oh yeah, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> which is scary. so scary. And here's the thing: every person I've ever spoken to has stories that we all do this all the time. And it's like, how are we not getting
1: car I know, That's but so once powerful. I get off the highway, then, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I have to focus because people just do the most insane shit, especially bikers. Like. Anybody listening that bikes in the city, like, I bet you're not a bad person, but I (laughs) hate people who bike in the city. Just, like, from a driver's perspective, it's just, like, people do the most insane shit on bikes. And that's why people get hit. (laughs)
0: Uh, I don't bike in the city it's too scary for me
1: I just like I would be so scared like I remember one of the first times I was driving to your apartment and so to come down Audrey Street I I turn right and there's a bike lane and because I hadn't really been familiar with driving in the city I didn't know to like see look to see if there were any bikers coming I almost hit someone (laughs) it was so scary I was like oh my god so yeah I'm in a little like need to wake myself up get that yeah Um,
0: it was it's bright out now but
1: it's been rainy yeah
0: it's been really rainy the past week i woke up early and then i didn't get out of bed for like solid two hours because it was like because
1: it's like why icky like Like
0: in my bedroom because i wasn't near the window i was like well it seems bright in here right
1: (laughs) yesterday it was the same way i got up took the kids to school but then i got home and i was like it's just like icky icky and gross not a vibe. Have you been since I saw you Saturday? Um, good. Um, living,
0: living, laughing, loving. Um, so Saturday was when we basically saw like everyone who we went to high school or not high school, but everyone we went to college with and beyond. Um, Y'all, Basically like our
1: entire MT program. Stimulus overload oh yeah it was also just like so many emotions so many emotions
0: like I felt like a very bad person but I so badly just wanted to leave during the performance because it just was like bringing up just so many of her emotions I literally was like pinching my own hand to yeah. try and distract myself
1: the performance was so long and this goes yeah. not to offend done. anybody that we are friends with that was in it it was just so long and I was like by like I started the performance off like tipsy I was like but then, like, I was like an hour and a half into it, still going on, and I'm like, oh my god, like they need to serve us alcohol or like or or
0: end it. <laughs> well, we also thought it was going to end at a certain point, and so I needed to go to the bathroom, and so did Sarah and our friend, and so they went, and I was like, no, I I don't want to risk missing missing, so I stayed, and then like forty five minutes later, the show's no. going on, and it really was beautifully done. It was, it was just. I A had lot. to
1: go so bad like you know when you have to pee and it starts to get painful and you're like yeah. in pain I was like I have to get up because I will pee on this seat if I do not get up but it was nice because Elon like got an open bar yeah, it was it was gorgeous which was, it was really crazy. nice because I didn't even realize how like much I had drank until I sat down at the restaurant after oh.
0: and when I, was I got like, home I was
1: like Particularly because I
0: think I had one glass of wine
1: there and then everything else I drank there was Prosecco. Oh, okay. See, they <laughs> handed me Prosecco and I said, uh, no. I literally told the the bartender that served it to me. I was like, I can't like really drink Prosecco or champagne like my 20th birthday routine. <laughs> and
0: I was like, what does this man See, think of me? I had one glass of wine and I wasn't vibing with the wine. And instead of getting Rosé, I think someone handed me Prosecco. So I was like, okay, I guess yeah. we're, we're sticking with Prosecco.
1: I was... Either doing rosé or the Sauvignon Blanc. I didn't love the Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, it was okay. Again, like I was. W- I know why they didn't have hard liquor because all of us would be on the it floor. About,
0: I mean, like even still, we were. Yeah
1: every no I remember like getting so we got there at a great time like yes. our friend Steph like timed it out perfectly like getting there at 530 was the right choice Um, but it was funny because a lot of people like arrived like just before the showtime and they closed the bar like I want to say 10 minutes before mm-hmm. and people were like they closed the bar mm-hmm. it was like so crazy it was drama yeah yeah but a lot of emotions that night it was so great to though like it was so great to see everyone I yeah, think, like, the performing was just
0: extra hard because like it just like yeah, lots of things. a lots of emotions. Lots of reasons. But
1: like I think yeah, it was great to like especially because a lot of people that were there were like people that we went to college with. Mm-hmm. Um, like there obviously there were a lot of people that we didn't, but like there were. A good amount of people. Yeah, it was like a nice reunion. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, It was great to like like, see everyone. We didn't think we were
0: going to stay till the end, and we like literally all got kicked out of the of the place. place. They were like, "Hey, it's nine. You need to leave." I know. (laughs) I
1: would have. I wish they. I was like, we could have stayed longer. Yeah, I was like living. I was having a good time. I I mean, also it was free alcohol, so also that that doesn't hurt yeah but you know what was so interesting to me that night was and I told you this when we were there the amount of p- lovely people hello to all those people that said to me like I love your podcast like I religiously listen to it wait really yeah like so and surprising people like if Daniel Brackett if you're listening to this Daniel Brackett <laughs> came up to me and was like what? I'm like a religious <laughs> listener and I was like really I was really shocked and maybe he was lying to me to like boost my ego but I hope not because I was (laughs) like just like it was random I was like oh okay like that's cool like people I guess
0: that's fair like I was really surprised when like this didn't happen the other night but like a couple months ago when Willem was like oh I love your guys' podcast I was like why do you listen to it literally
1: every time Willem likes something now I think of that when you said that
0: I'm like like, go off and thank you but
1: yeah it was just nice because i think one of the things that we felt like going in was like nervous about people asking like Like what we're doing
0: luckily that was not at all a thing i think everyone was so drunk
1: yeah everyone was (laughs) drunk no one everyone was just like trying to process what the fuck happened in there was
0: so many points during like the performance that not the performance but there was like speeches given that i thought things were meant to be a joke and admittedly I was a little drunk, and so I laughed, and then no one else
1: laughed. Yeah, there was one speech that was just really funny because it was very wooey, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to like talk too much about it because I don't want to like shit on it. But it was Who? the one the girl that was like, I'm gonna edit this. Out yeah, let's all hold. Our oh hands yeah, and I close, and close them, our like... eyes. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And by that time, it was like the end. So I was like, so we were let's like also like sobering go. up. Yeah, I will say, I think the the coolest part of the performance for me was watching the first guy who had ever been in the music theater program. Yeah.
0: I also really like, personally, I know the class above us and us really appreciated. So there's like a song that, we have a performance every year that's called oh, Grand Night yeah. that's like all department done. Like all, like each class does a number and like students choreograph, direct, perform in the numbers. Like it's all student done. Um, And the final song of every single performance of granite is a song i will turn to you yeah um that like you sing different parts throughout your time there and the class above us and us never got to do the senior part like yeah yeah i mean we didn't do the junior part no either. we did not um we which so, is most of the song we really only ever sang the very edge of the song so it was nice for us to finally sing it it was really funny watching some alumni around being like i don't
1: fucking know i know that. some of the alumni <laughs> were like what the fuck is happening um but yeah it was that was a really cute yeah. moment yeah it was a, it was a it was an interesting night i ended up like going out after and then around two in the morning i was like whoa i've drank in way too much i need to go home i was like I'm taking myself home. Good night.
0: I got home and we had not eaten much that day because like it was, it took place from five to nine, which is just like an unfortunate timing for eating meals. Um, and then also had drank a bunch. Um, and then I was very emo. So I got home and I made myself like, three sandwiches
1: because I was like I'm hungry hungry. (laughs) yeah that was the bad part about it and they had like little hors d'oeuvres but nothing that was like substantial
0: most the hors d'oeuvres
1: yeah they yeah they were like some very interesting hors d'oeuvres to me
0: but But it was very very fun I just like I'm glad I went home because, like, I think it was just, like, emotionally really taxing. And I think I, like, wouldn't have had fun had I gone back out.
1: Yeah. It Um, was okay. Going out was just okay. Like, it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything special. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. I was sort of like, you know. Yeah. But it was still fun. It was still good to, like, see a bunch of people.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. I'm I'm glad that I got to see everyone and chat with everyone. And it was really fun and, like, made me wish that we had more opportunities to see other people. There's, like, an Elon like school not our department event this week oh. um in new york oh. um that i might go to oh i don't know i've heard it's very fun
1: oh is it the one that they like throw every year yeah yeah oh when is that it's see this,
0: like I, thursday i
1: literally don't fucking check my email so like i would never know that this is happening it's this thursday at six. Oh, are people actually going to this uh, yeah from what i've heard from upperclassmen it's very fun
0: and also free alcohol
1: oh then maybe i should go
0: i mean i'm probably gonna message our class and be like who's, who's going? going yeah maybe we should like, do that or i feel like some of the people mm-hmm. in the class above us are going so it I'll depends
1: go. sometimes it's tough to like come back like g- come to the city after Classic. i babysit because i'll just like get too lazy also like i'm just feeling like so tired because like as i adjust to this new schedule i'm just like there are so many hours in the day that i have to keep my eyes open like what the fuck <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm debating it mostly because I feel like the other Elon event was just, like, very emotional for me. Yeah,
1: it was just, and, like, overwhelming.
0: Yeah, um, but then also... <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> the coasters in my apartment tend to stick to whatever cup they're on, and I don't. Sarah just picked up her cup, and the coaster fell, and it scared me. I don't know why. Um, I'm probably going to cut that out. An ice vanilla
1: latte. It's so so always good. always.
0: Um, but then I'm also like, I fly out to Vegas on Saturday.
1: Right. I was going to say, are you excited for Vegas?
0: I am. I can't believe it's like
1: no. Here. Can That's you believe it? Because to me. Olivia's birthday is on Saturday. I know. Um, Olivia, if you're listening to this, don't listen right now. I have not gotten their present. Sarah, you've done this every time. I do this. Okay. But like also the present this time is a lot easier. I'm not making it. It's something I have to order. There's So a, just order it now. It's on Saturday. I know. I am going to order it today. Okay, Sarah, I'm going to remind no, you. No, I'm going to do it here. I'm okay. going to do it. After we do our podcast swap today, I'm doing it. Um, I have Sarah. a reminder. I know. I am just so bad. I used to be like such a great gift giver. Um, and lately I'm just like slacking I don't know why I
0: either kill it or I don't even make the mark and that's because like people that I'm close with as they say things that they want throughout the year I try and consciously yeah. write them down which Me makes too. it so I either like fucking kill if I remember to run things down yeah. or I'm just like guessing oh
1: you know what you have to tell the people about what your oh, date
0: I went on a date I went on a date um it was rather anticlimactic um but I'm glad I did it like yeah. it was just like very neutral like I feel like I've been on, like, now, like, four first dates in the total of my <laughs> life. Um, not even adult life, just life. Yeah. Um, I feel like the first two were really bad. The third was really fun, but then we never had a second date. And this one was just, like, she was very nice. Yeah. She was cute. Like, had lovely conversation, but we just literally had no chemistry. So it was yeah. just, like, like it We haven't texted each other back. I think we both understood like as we were leaving. We were like, "Okay, bye. Have a good rest of your life." Have a good life. (laughs) Um, But we went to a cool place in Brooklyn, cool, um, which had lots of disco balls. And I was like, "I have a disco ball in my apartment." And
1: she was like, "Oh, cool." (laughs)
0: Um, But so we're gonna we're gonna keep trying. I feel like you know my goal is gonna be like maybe one or two dates a month because as much as that sounds like very little. (laughs) That's a goal that I might meet
1: (laughs) Yeah I feel like that's like good I mean it'll be so interesting um, Y'all because today we are Talking to like Somebody in um, The social media world who Focuses on dating Dating. relationships Love life her name's Alana Dunn um, And it'll be Really cool to like get her perspective Like I was watching her content Yesterday and The positivity that she radiates in this dating world, I'm just like so curious, like, and I get it, it's social media, so part of it is like performative sometimes, but like, wow, you're so positive about it. Like, when I'm single, I was literally saying this to Olivia last night, I was like, when I'm single, I'm not fun. No, I'm not not fun. I'm just like sad. I'm like,
0: meh. See, I think you're very fun when you're single as well.
1: Oh, thanks. I don't know. I think I get in my... I think I get in my head a lot about it. Mm -hmm. I actually... I mean you'll probably hear it later in the episode but I want to get her perspective on it like because some people also feel this way sometimes too like when they're single and you'll like compare yourself to people mm-hmm. that are like in relationships or think lesser of yourself because you're not in one like I've I always like you've felt that been way in relationships more in your life than I have like I have. I've only
0: been in one
1: and that's because like I remember in high school like I would like look around the room and be like who's in a relationship and who's not and if I wasn't I was like this no one for in my me. high. S-
0: I mean it's some people were, but there was not many relationships in my high school.
1: So weird. Oh, because theater kids like there were just like boarding school theater kids. Yeah, there was
0: like also just like weird rules. Like you couldn't really like, you couldn't right. Like how would over. you right. Like the one date or, or I went on like one and a half dates while I was in high school, but one of them literally took place on campus.
1: That's so crazy. Which like.
0: We literally had people we went to school with come up and approach us. Really funny story. We were like, there's this gazebo that was like in the middle of this field that we were hanging out on. Okay. This girl who uh, was from the same town as me came up to us, even though we were like in the middle of having a date and just hung out with us for like an hour. Oh. And I thought it was very weird. Flash forward about a month and a half. They date. And I was like, you know what? Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm not particularly surprised by this.
1: Right. I feel like high school dating was so funny because it wasn't really like like all both my first dates in high school were like at my like one was at my home one was at the other guy's home
0: yeah it, it was like, literally we were just like on our campus yeah it was and our silly. campus wasn't big
1: <laughs> that's so <laughs> awkward i'd be like people are watching me
0: it, it was like that yeah. because people also
1: were talked.
0: right oh i remember the first time someone asked me out at walnut hill i i did not realize that he was about to ask me out um We'd been like hanging out with a group of friends all morning and or afternoon or whatever. And he was like, oh, I forgot my water bottle back at the whatever. Will you come with me? And I was like, sure. We were walking. (laughs) I feel like such a douchebag for this. Oh, no. And like he started asking me, I think, like questions and then sort of got to like my dating life. and I feel like I was like, oh, I'm just not really interested in dating someone right now. Like, I'm, I'm really busy. And then like when I realized like he was still going to ask me, I like just like found someone on the campus and I was like I need to go say hi to them and I literally ran away and then two weeks later I went on the date with the other guy yeah so that I literally said like oh I'm really just not interested in dating Dating. right now and then went on a date with someone which I'm like jerk move of you Um, but you know what you let him
1: move forward
0: I was not ready I literally (laughs) ran away
1: Oh my goodness. But yeah, I think it'll be such a cool episode yeah. because especially cause we haven't had anybody on that has like expertise in this.
0: Yeah. Cause it's someone I feel like I'm, what's the opposite of an expert? Uh,
1: a not amateur, but
0: like, be, like in negative, I want like, amateur, a, like a
1: dummy. ex <laughs> I'm thinking of those (laughs) books like Dating for Dummies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm a
0: a, a dating dummy.
1: Well, also, it's just like she's very interesting to me because like, consuming her content, I was just like, wow, like you have like really like good advice. And obviously you've been in this field for so long. But like also like what makes someone go into that field? Like I'm curious. Like you grow up like watching your parents have a really great relationship or like what? Because for me, like relationships, like I could like – Cause I think another hard part for me about being single was like dating was just hard. Like I'm one of those girls that like, I'm not really like extroverted in that way in the dating realm. I
0: don't really want to, I don't like strangers. <laughs> I know you
1: said that before. <laughs> I don't like
0: strangers. I don't like strangers.
1: Well, it will um, definitely be interesting. Do you have any clueless moments of the week? I do. Um, how do I stop snoozing my alarm so much? Okay. Okay. Um, wait, Ugh, fuck. Wait. And again,
0: things that are like, will you impose rules on yourself don't work for me because I will just break. them. No, I feel like I had an app for a long time that was like, oh, you had to get up and scan something. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And I guess I probably should just start using that again.
1: I feel like <laughs> lately what I've been doing is like just putting my phone across the room sort of a thing, because usually for I have me, one
0: phone charger, though, and it's right next to um, me I guess I
1: can do <laughs> that. Yeah I just like (laughs) I usually like put it somewhere right now where I like have to get up but I guess also for me at least right now during the summer it didn't work but I think because I have to take the kids to school and I'm like I have to wake up. I need to
0: have a reason. Right. If I have a reason I have no issue waking up but I just need
1: to have a reason. And that's the tough thing it's like I feel like with reasons like taking the kids to school, it's great because like it's like I actually have to stay accountable for it. But if it was like my own reason, Lemon's like, nah, no, fuck me.
0: <laughs> I'll screw myself over. I know
1: I'll sleep more. Yeah, I know. It's so weird. It's been so weird, like waking up early and realizing how many hours of the day there are that I was not like taking advantage of this summer.
0: You know what? We do what we got to do. Summer's a time of rest recovery.
1: That is so true. That's so true. I know, but I wish I knew how to figure out the yeah. whole... Have you Also, there's this thing that people have talked about. It's called a hatch alarm clock where it slowly wakes you up over a 30-minute period. I don't think I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, so, like a lot of influencers that I follow have used it and they, and they like it because it's a very gentle way to wake up. Okay. Because um, some people don't really like the whole like... <clears throat> waking up in a blind panic? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which can be a lot um it can be a lot yeah waking up today was really hard because i just like could not sleep last night i'm sorry yeah but i'm finally going to the physical therapist tomorrow to figure out what the fuck is going on with my body Woo! Woo! what about you do you have any clueless moments i wish i did i don't i think it's just like (laughs) general you wish to be I I i wish i did yeah i like being clueless sometimes but no i think it's just like the general cluelessness of life that i'm really feeling right now i think like as we get like back to like because you know summer is the time of rest and now everyone's like sort of like getting back into some swing of things i'm trying to think of like a
0: hot girl summer like a focus girl fall
1: focus girl fall yeah so i'm just kind of curious where life will like lead me but oh i guess like yeah i i'm just like so like i've been just really startled over the fact that there are so many hours in the day Like literally the past like <laughs> week I've been like, whoa, like there's so much more time to get things done now, which is great. I'm glad. Yeah. I
0: thought of a second one also. Um, So I've been applying to a million and 400 jobs and I did get an email from someone being <gasps> like, hey, would you want to chat or something like that? A very we casual love email, to chat. Um, which I was like fierce. Um, How do people prepare for like interviews? Like, <gasps> like I know like you research the company and everything yes. and what the role would be, but like. I I would love to hear people's advice of like a more detailed of like what specifically they do and try and find the answers for and what questions they specifically like to ask when mm-hmm. they're being interviewed. Um, yeah. Hi, Audrey. Thank you for applying for this position. Would love to connect. Do you have time to hop on a call tomorrow or Wednesday? I love that. I haven't replied yet. <laughs> Olivia's dad
1: told me when I was interviewing for a job over this summer, he was like, um, some of the things that you could ask because he does the interviewing for new like people coming into the law firm I guess I think that's what it is and he said people will ask like um like what type of like what are the responsibilities of this role what are like qualities of somebody you would like to see in this role um there was some other ones I'll find it and I'll send it to you I would love that I know like the
0: only question that like I've really like for a lot of things like I also used it for our agent series um and with casting directors is like what is one thing you think that your company could be doing better right or that you like not dislike in a negative sense but like what is a weakness you think you guys have
1: yeah yeah I feel like that was like stuff because
0: that... it shows whether or not they'll be honest about it people right. say there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong
1: right because i think like i from doing that prep work in um senior sam like i generally know like what i think my strengths and weaknesses are Mm -hmm. like just as a general person um but yeah no i have an interview this week too and i'm like wow look at us us. guys we are advancing in this world watch out i've made it to an interview yes i know which will be interesting because i feel like The one I did over the summer, it was very short and very quick. And it was a little weird because she didn't have her camera on.
0: Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. It
1: was for like an influencer who was looking for somebody to help with like content. So I like applied and I got an interview and it was just so weird because she didn't have her camera on because she was like at her parents' house and she she couldn't find like a space. But I was like, I am like, where do I look? Like it was very weird. It was very quick. It was 10 minutes. Um. So, yeah. I guess the one thing I don't like the, about interviews, kind of sometimes that will happen in auditions, like for college auditions, it would be like, oh, make sure you have like questions lined up. And, like, <sighs> and sometimes I just like hate the inauthenticity of like having to ask a question to seem interested. Like I'm here. Like I am interested. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Fierce. 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 Okay, y'all. So we have a guest coming on today, as I said, and so. Here is a little bit about her. Um, We are super, super excited to be sitting down with Alana Dunn today. Alana is the founder, host, and producer of the dating and relationship podcast Seeing Other People. Through her podcast, Alana aims to help people feel less alone and more empowered in their dating lives. Alana's show has been named as one of the top 50 teen dating podcast that you need to listen to by Elite Daily and prior to releasing her own podcast she was the co-host and face of Hinge's original podcast Dating Sucks. Not to mention Alana is also a really great guest for our podcast because she went through a period of time where she was clueless because she decided to change careers in her early 20s. So without further ado let's get to our chat with Alana Dunn. All right everyone, we are here with Alana Dunn. Alana, how are you today? Thank you for coming on the podcast.
2: Thank you for having me. I feel really accomplished. <laughs> yes, right
1: now. you are. You are. <laughs> Alana is sick unfortunately. <laughs>
2: not no not because of that not because of that I feel accomplished because we have been trying to do this for like four literally that's why I feel accomplished you know (laughs)
1: what I was talking with my therapist about this uh about this summer in general we had like so many concrete things and interviews and stuff for the podcast and then the summer just everyone goes awry and everything changes
2: it's so hard. At first, I thought you were going to say we were talking to your therapist about how many no, times we canceled.
1: No, because no, we've done it our fair share of times, too. We had interviews and, and things went wrong or like the summer is just like such a different time for people, you know?
2: Yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride. Yeah, but here we you're are. We're finally we here
1: and we're super excited to talk to you. Um, we are both, you know, looking up all of your content, all mm-hmm. of the dating, love, relationship stuff, and we're super excited to talk about it. I know you are being an avid dater.
0: <laughs> Avid's a strong word. <laughs> I've been on like four first dates in my life. <laughs> so
2: I was gonna say, did we go from never having gone on a date to being an avid date? Um, you know, I went
0: on the date last week, so for me, I am in an avid yeah. dating stage. Um, Very proud. Maybe you need to slow yeah, down. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we're really getting that. one um, date a week. Yeah, my goal is basically to like one or two times a month go on a date, and I love that, that feels like an achievable goal
2: yeah and I think that's really smart to start off like that and have goals that aren't too much of like a stretch goal that seems really scary but it's like okay I can do yeah. that and it's gonna be exactly. okay
1: yeah so I think we are interested and just like looking at your content like where did you go to college what you get your degree in what were you doing like right after you got out of school
2: oh boy okay I went to Syracuse University. I entered as a photojournalism major, but I ended up changing my major to television, radio, film, and I took on a minor of music business. And I was like 250% head over heels in love with the music industry, never, ever going to work anywhere else. And I spent all of college doing as many internships as I could, getting my foot in the door at every big company. Um, And I ended up, you know, after college, I got the job. I was at Sony Music. And a year in, I was just like, oh, my God, I hate everything about this. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: What specifically were you doing in music at Sony?
2: So at Sony, I was doing – my title was Creative Services. So I was coming – I was taking, you know, concert footage and editing it to be a promo if uh, an artist or band was going on tour or if there was, you know, a new song coming out. I'd be making, like, the digital assets for them. I'd be interviewing the artists on my label for whatever they were trying to promote. Different things like that where it really was, like, stuff I was, like, excited to do and what I had worked towards. But I just – started to feel like, wow, 0.01% of people in this industry actually succeed. And I was sitting there, you know, across the desk where my 28, 29, 30 year old coworkers who were still living paycheck to Mm -hmm. paycheck. I was making $34,000 a year. After my first year, I got a $600 raise, not per paycheck per year. I went from $34,000 to $34,600. So really making the big bucks. Oh, yeah, eating canned tuna for lunch every day, um and I got into the music business because I loved music so much, and it helped like the music that I loved, the bands that I loved Jonas yes, by myself, helped me so much, and like were so formative to just who I was and my friendships and the things I love to do that like I wanted to help people. Fall in love Mm -hmm. with music. That was my goal. And I realized very quickly that wasn't going to happen. And more than that, just being in that environment, I realized how much bullshit was involved in music and the behind the scenes. And it made me fall out of love with music. Like I started to resent music. I stopped listening to music. And all the while, I was also like, I was managing a band on the side, I was doing concert photography, I was doing all these other things that I was trying to fulfill myself with. And one thing actually crossed over into my dating life where I was managing this band. It was two guys. And for like eight months, I kind of was secretly dating one of the guys and it was a secret from the other one. <laughs> and that's when my life exploded <laughs> and I hit rock yeah. bottom. And I was like, I need to get as far away from the mu- music industry as possible. And that's when I apparently, the, the dating world. Yeah, found me.
1: I'm curious, like when you were going through that time and, you know, you've always wanted to work in the music industry. You're there. Like, how did you deal with the feelings of like, I may not want this anymore. I don't know if you felt like your identity had become sort of like attached to it. How, how did you deal with those feelings?
2: It was my entire identity. And you know, what I kept trying to do was like, okay, my day job isn't serving me or isn't giving me the fulfillment that I want. So let me see what else I can do. And that's why I started managing that band. And like that band became my Mm. identity. I couldn't talk about anything else. And then I got wrapped up in the like relationship side of it. And I couldn't see, like, there was no other world to me outside of like this band and this boy and me. And so as I knew, I knew things were not good. I knew I was not in a good place. And I didn't, you know... I didn't want to leave the relationship. I didn't want to leave the bit. Like I just, I didn't see a way Mm. out until it got to a point where I was just like, I'm not okay. And all my friends were telling me, Alana, you're not okay. And like, I was experiencing depression and anxiety and all of these things for the first time in my life. And I really didn't understand what was happening. I just like was no longer myself. And I was like a shell of a human. And I ended up, you know, it was really tough because I at one point decided like, OK, I'm going to apply for jobs. And I like I didn't even have the confidence to do the interviews like I was so lost. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what industry to go to. I didn't know if any other industry would accept me because all of my experience was in music. So it was really, really hard for me to, you know, like pull myself out of this hole that I honestly dug for myself. Yeah.
1: I, I everything you're saying, we I like. I'm assuming you can identify to it mm-hmm. too because we grew up not like in the commercial music industry, but we both studied um, music theater, and uh, right. I think it's it is so interesting when your identity becomes so like enwrapped in something, like how difficult it is to let it go, but how all consuming it was. Cause I think both of us have experienced a lot of different emotions and anxiety and depression from the all encompassing career in music, entertainment and performance, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when you decided to start interviewing and applying, like why dating, how did that like come to be? I'm so interested about that. I was telling Audrey before we got on, I was like, I would be like, like, cause I know me when I'm a dater, I was like, I would be not good at that job or giving any <laughs> advice in that. So I'm so interested, like why that career and realm for you?
2: Honestly, I got yeah. lucky. I, I can't tell you how many jobs I applied to in how many different industries I was applying to finance jobs. I haven't taken math since high school. I was having guys I was going on dates with and their roommates do my application homework. That's how lost I was.
0: That's That's impressive. (laughs) You said, I'm going to finagle this.
2: but then I was, ter- I was terrified that if God forbid they liked my application and the homework was good, they were going to ask me about <laughs> it on interview. So I was like, again, digging a deeper hole yeah. for myself, but I was uh, like, honestly applying to any job I could find. And I ended up like, it was, it was really hard. I had honestly the best resume out of anyone I knew and I couldn't get a job for the mm-hmm. life of me. And the whole time on it, a- ironically so my cousin at the time worked at fuck jerry yes you know the meme yeah yeah um and they were partnering with hinge and the whole time i was applying jobs he was like i wish hinge was hiring because you would get along with the marketing team girls so well and like i feel like it'd be such a great place for you but they weren't hiring and one day he was like oh my god alana they just posted this job and the title was video and content producer and i'm looking through everything and it's like it's all the same skills that i Mm -hmm. already had just applied to dating instead of music but the kicker was that my title, literally my job description was The Face wow. of Hinge. And and they wanted me to be this like on camera personality. And yeah, I had been on camera like four <laughs> times when I was interviewing bands. And I will never send those links to anyone because it is horrifying how bad I was. Oh. But I was like, no, yeah. I want this job. And Because the whole time, here's the thing. It's like I was at no point, like by no means a dating expert or anything like that. But I was always, for as long as I can remember, the friend that my friends would come to for Mm. advice about what was going on in their dating lives. Not because I knew (laughs) what I was talking about by any means. I was about to ask if I could curse. Oh, yeah. And I was like, like, well, I was like, the title is (laughs) completely fucking (laughs) cool. So I had no clue what the fuck I was doing but I wanted to listen and I was always just like an ear and like a shoulder for my friends to lean on. And so I was like, this sounds like something I could actually be good at. Um, Mind you, my dating life was an absolute fucking dumpster fire (laughs) at the time, but I applied for the job. I got, I got an application assignment. I worked my ass off on it. My friends who were like a little more like on camera facing in their roles like were helping me with my like the videos I had to submit and I ended up getting an interview and it was like a five hour long interview with like 20 people in person and I got the job. Wow.
1: Five hour interview. We were literally just talking about because we both have interviews coming up and our interviews up until this point have always been auditions. And we were like, what do you even talk about in an interview? Like what happens (laughs) there? Wow. Like five hours. That's insane. Sounds terrible.
2: It was scary, but it felt really good. And I was really excited to be there. And I walked out like kind of saying to myself, I feel like this is, I feel like this job is mine. And I I didn't know this at the time. I found out, honestly, like a year and a half later. They didn't interview anyone else. After I left, they were like, we're hiring her. Um, That's
1: awesome.
2: So that's how I ended up there. But again, I was... A fish out of water. I had never really done this before. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. So it was definitely yeah. a transition. A being
1: me. at Hinge, so now you're the face of Hinge. Like, what were what were your responsibilities in in that realm? Like, was it around? Like, was it like when TikTok was happening, or is it just like Instagram? Like, how was it?
2: It was basically being the Instagram. Oh. So I was on the stories okay. every day. I was making videos. I had like Monday through Friday. I had I had a different segment of each day of the week that people could expect to, you know, play along with me or tune in for. um, And I was in the DMs. Everyone knew when they were DMing Hinge. They were talking to Alana. And so, honestly, like, it's not like I was the person who knew what to do. Honestly, if anything, my dating life was like, I was the poster child for what not to do. But... Because of that, I was able to, you know, write scripts of what to do. And I did a lot of research and I got to really tap into like, what are people struggling with Mm -hmm. the most and how can I help them? How can I use like Hinge's resources and data and research to help them and basically take that information, write it down into some form of a script, record it, edit it, put it out there. But... The thing is, for the first year while I was there, I had a very strict rule for myself that I was never, ever, ever going to talk about my personal Mm. life because I didn't want anyone to not want to date me because of what I did.
1: And when did you finally decide to open up about like your personal life? Did you? Yeah,
2: I did. I was going through a breakup and I was like, well, I can't go on the story and and act like everything's okay when I'm... Disaster, yeah. like literally sitting there crying. So I ended up just recording a video and I was like, Hey guys, like, I know you haven't really seen the side of me and you don't really know what's been going on in my dating life, but I've been in a relationship and it literally just ended. I'm sitting here in Los Angeles in this hotel room where my boyfriend and I just oh broke gosh. up and I'm not okay. And I feel really scared. I don't really know how I'm going to get through this. And I know you're always asking me for advice, but I just feel really lost. And I'd love like any, you know, just words of encouragement or any advice that really helped you get through this. And I, I didn't post it right away. I actually held on to it for a few weeks and I started showing people on my team and my boss. And I was like, what are your thoughts on this? And they were like, Anna, this is incredible, but you do not have to post this. Like, do not feel like you have to post this. Like we're not pressuring you at all. Like I, we know like this is not part of your job description. You don't have to do this. And I was like, and I decided I was like, but you know what? Yeah. I want to. And It was this honestly like light bulb moment when I did post it that really changed like my career trajectory because all of a sudden, like the DMS were flooded unlike anything i had ever seen before with people reaching out, not even to give me advice, but to thank me for being vulnerable and showing like, Hey, dating is really, really, really hard for everyone. Even if you think that person knows what they're doing, no, like they're struggling too. And so that was really a turning point for me when I was like, wow, like, what's actually helpful for people. And again, this goes back to like, I wanted to be in music because I wanted to help people. And then I wanted to, you know, pivot and use my skills at Hinge to help people with their dating lives. What really helps people is being open and honest and vulnerable about how hard it is. And that's really like what led me to, you know, starting the podcast and and opening up and doing everything that I do. Yeah,
1: I I, I couldn't agree more with that. I think when, you know, people come to us and talk about uh like the podcast that we're doing it's like people will be like thank you for like sharing what you're sharing and i think for both of us like naturally like i think i've always sort of realized like if you're open and vulnerable, you know, we come from an acting background and that was like all that we were trained to do was like to be open and vulnerable. You can reach people. And especially now with like TikTok and everything, you, you can see like the volumes of people that are just like so appreciative of people being open. But I like commend you for being so open about your dating life because I know like, I feel like that would be a very like that's scary a, thing to do.
0: Yeah. Like that's a Sharing any part of our lives with just a, particularly just the open internet is very scary, but particularly dating is an extra intimate level of something. And Did you ever end up running into the situation where like you had someone who didn't want to date you because of you've been sharing out? Like, did your fears, yeah, <laughs> that wasn't a question, T- yeah, your fears, I know, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, <laughs> you're you're best. It, yeah, <laughs> this is why I let
1: Sarah
2: yeah. ask the questions. Oh. Um. Wait, speaking of fears, I was listening to your, I think it was like the best, like the best friends quiz episode and your fears of like not being able to give your kids the life that you had. Like that's literally my biggest fear. So I totally relate. And thank you for sharing that. Holy shit. Um, But fear. Yeah. It was... Never outright, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe people swiped left or decided to not go on a date with me once they figured out what I did. I definitely kind of teetered back and forth and and would switch up my profile a lot between saying I worked at Hinge and then just not having it on there because a lot of people thought, like, I was joking or I was just on there for, like, research Mm -hmm. or just to take, like, you know, take screenshots of what they were saying. So that was a little complicated, but I never really – I think because I made it very clear, like, I will never say your name. I'll never talk about, like, what you said to me. If anything, I'll talk about how things made me feel. But I'm never going to, like, put you on blast. I will say, though, I did get into a little trouble with that ex that I had just broken up with. Or he... No, sorry. He broke up with me. Let's be very clear (laughs) about that. (laughs) Um, But I... He um, managed a very, very famous singer. And there was... My team internally, we kind of realized like how there was a direct correlation between the hinge Instagram engagement rate with my dating life. Like when things were going well in my dating life or when I got into this relationship and things were good, the engagement rate was at an all time high. And then when I got dumped, it plummeted like there was a direct correlation between like how my performance was at work with what was going on in my wow. dating life so we like ended up acts like jokingly making a chart about it and like presenting it yeah. to the team and it was like funny and then like a few people that were high up were like oh my god Alana you should post this on Instagram like on the hinge Instagram and one of the points on the chart it was like a line graph whatever um reference a song title and it was like when blank song came out and that's really when things led towards breakup with my ex because he was very busy I'll tell you guys more about this off the record (laughs) but um (laughs) I oh my god that was a disaster where it got back to the artist it got back to my ex it got back to the artist friends I'm getting like death threats in my inbox from like oh the fans gosh. and like ha- like how dare I say that like how dare I put this out there like that and blame it on th- like him and all this stuff. it was wild <laughs>
1: That is so crazy! <laughs> on oh my the God. internet, are a lot. Yeah. It was wild. people on the internet. It's like uh the whole like uh a phenomenon with like Harry Styles and Olivia whatever her last name is. Like they yeah. like are freaking crazy about it. That's so crazy. And I know you said you had like done a bunch of like because Hinge had like so many like the data, the data and the analysis and stuff, and you were able to like look at like the top issues for people in dating. What were they?
2: It honestly, everything goes back to communication. Yeah, I figured. Um, so that can span on like intentions and not like making assumptions about someone's intentions that could go to ghosting or like, why do I always yeah. get ghosted? Why do people ghost? Um, a big problem was time. Like how do I find time to date or, you know, where do I start? Like if I'm feel like I'm really busy with work, like, but I do want to find yeah. somebody like, how do I prioritize that? But I think the it really, the biggest thing was communication.
1: So when did you end up leaving hinge and transitioning into doing your podcast?
2: So what happened first was I started a podcast for hinge called dating sucks. And I, it was a 12 episode season one and just like tested out and it crushed. And I was like, this is what I meant to do. I absolutely love this. I never (laughs) want to do anything else. It wasn't, I wasn't doing it instead of my job. I was doing it on top of everything else I was doing. Um, But as that happened, Hinge was kind of going through a transition of, like, when I started there, it was very much in startup mode, like, okay, you're here, go do whatever you want, try things out, throw shit at the wall, see what sticks. And then the last, like, six months that I was there, it was very much like, there are 40 people who now need to approve this and, like, make sure it aligns with all of these values and goals and our mission and our, like, goals for the, the next 14 months and whatever. And so... It was really, really difficult to like get season two quote unquote yeah. approved, even though in my mind, I'm like, well, I could be here doing this the entire time. Like everyone's asking, when is it coming back? Like I'm itching to do this. It doesn't take away from anything else that I'm doing. And it was a really frustrating process where like I wanted to be creating podcast episodes and helping people so badly. And I felt like my entire job just became like fighting to do the things that I knew were the yeah. most helpful. Um, and all the while um hinge was actually in the process of shutting down social media and i just didn't know so like no wonder nothing was getting approved but um i actually ended up losing my job i got let go in november Mm -hmm. of 2020 and mind you i thought i had the most job security on the planet i was the face of the brand and i never imagined that i would lose my job but i was miserable by that point i wanted to leave so badly but i was also in this point where i was like well, where am I going to go? You know, I now figured out this thing that I love to do that I'm so passionate about. And the only other companies I could really like do it at would be like Betches or Barstool. Mm -hmm. And I'd have to like pitch myself and my show to them. And I have no confidence right now because I'm trying to get this thing approved (laughs) and they want to prove it. And I don't really understand why. So I felt really lost and confused. And like, again, like, what do I do now? Where do Mm -hmm. I go um so getting let go was actually like the biggest blessing in disguise and I th- during that conversation I felt like a 200 pound weight being lifted mm-hmm. off my shoulders because I was like wow I'm like right. free and I knew I was like I'm not applying to jobs I don't want to go work for another company I know what I want to do and I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna figure it out I'll freelance on the side I'm just gonna make it work and that's yeah what I did.
1: I'm curious like because you've had these like two big like parts of your life where you you know had this moment of like I'm lost and I don't know where I'm gonna go from here in those periods of time like is there any advice that you think you can give to people that are in that period like to make it through were there certain things that you did or certain things that you like um felt and let yourself feel to get to the point of you know being out of that period
2: It's very confusing. It's very scary. I would say, you know, even if you don't know what you're going to do next, figure out what are the parts of the jobs that you've had or, you know, the classes you've been in that you enjoyed and just go on LinkedIn, look at different job descriptions for companies, for positions that you've never heard of. And start figuring out like, oh, there's like that thing in a job description. That actually sounds like something I love to do or I like wish I was doing in a past job or like what I wish I could do and really explore because there's so much more out there than you can possibly imagine. And you could end up finding yourself in a job that you absolutely love that a few months ago you didn't know existed. You didn't never heard of the company. You didn't know that type of position was real. And so what I did, you know, the first time, even actually when I backing up for when I was applying to jobs out of college, um, and I was really scared, like applying to jobs in the music business, it's a really hard field to get a job. in, even with the resume that I had, I, I couldn't get a job for like four months. It took four months to get that job at Sony. And I was like, I don't understand. Like I did everything right. Like, why can't I get Mm -hmm. this job? And it's just hard. But what I did, and I think this is Honestly, the best thing I did for myself, I book made a bookmarks folder on my like Safari, Google yeah. Chrome, whatever, and I did check every day is what it was called. And every single company that I wanted to work at, I had their job board bookmarked, and I would check first thing in the morning and like at six o'clock at night. That way, if any job was posted, I was going to be the first yeah. one to see and the first one to apply to it. Yeah, so. I would definitely suggest that if you do know what you want to do. And if you don't just keep talking to people, you never know like who is going to know of someone who knows of someone who has a role that could be right for you. But in terms of, you know, just like feeling lost, like I think there's this really big like misconception out there that everybody knows exactly what they want to do with their careers. And guess what? I thought I did. And then I was totally wrong. And I had to then start over and figure it out again. And then I lost my job. And, you know, nobody has it all figured out. There's no such thing as a dream job. And I think that's the biggest thing I learned from all the companies I worked at, from all the places I interned. It's like, no matter how glamorous a company name seems, no matter how cool the office is, no matter how happy the people seem on the outside, like. Once you get there, it's a job. And what matters is you feeling fulfilled and the people that you work with and and how they act and if they lift you up versus if they drain you and bring you down and make you feel like you're not good enough. And if the work you're doing makes you feel like you're less than. Um, I think that was one of the biggest lessons I learned is like there really is no dream job. It's just like, do you enjoy what you're doing and do you enjoy the people you're doing yeah, it with? Yeah, that's,
1: that's really great advice. It's so interesting. Cause I feel like literally up until we started this podcast and started talking to people and being really like vulnerable about like jobs and feeling uncertain and feeling lost in life was like for the first time that I realized like, I don't think anyone actually knows like what the fuck to do with their lives. Like I I think it's so funny. College, like, tells you, like, you'll graduate, you'll apply, you'll get a job, you'll be done. I'm, like, wrong. eh, Like, that was not (laughs) the truth. Like, what? And so it's so funny because it's just such a jarring thing because you leave college and, you know, you have internships in college or other jobs and it's all very structured. And then um, it's all of a sudden not and there's a lot of different yeah ways to get jobs and and you know random people that all end up coming to you and being like oh here's an opportunity here why don't you try this um we're both in very big experimenting phases of our lives and doing the whole like linkedin and searching and trying to figure out like what is the step we want to take
0: having the confidence for any of it is remarkably difficult i feel like i'm both under and overqualified for everything and nothing um and just yep. hearing from someone who like <laughs> made the transition to like a different field is really nice to hear because uh we're making very big field jumps and <laughs> like a whole football field um <laughs> that was a bad
1: joke um it was but, funny
0: yeah uh, Yeah. Yeah. I like we're in the midst of that, that stage of just endlessly applying for things and just really hoping for the best. So it's nice to know we're not the only ones who have done this. (laughs) You're
2: definitely not. And here's the other thing I'll say is like, there are all these things you hear. It's like, you have to stay at a job for X number of years, or, you know, if your resume shows that you bounced around too Mm. much, nobody's going to want to hire you. Like if you end up at a job and six months down the road, a year down the road, you're like, you know what? I really don't like this. This is de- very different than I thought it would be or I'm really unhappy. Don't be afraid to go find a different job. And all you have to do is explain that to the people who are interviewing you. They might ask like why are you, you know, looking so soon and you can say, you know, I really thought this is something I wanted to do. I learned that it's not the right fit for me. Here's why and here's why I believe this job at this company is an even right. better fit. And you know, like my, my dad worked at the same company for like 40 years and he, for him, like the concept of, you know, my friends and I haven't stayed at a job for more than like two, three years is so foreign to him. But like, I've even seen friends who in the first two years out of college, they worked at four different companies, full-time jobs because they just weren't finding the right fit and they really wanted to. And guess what? It didn't stop any company from hiring them.
1: I agree. I think what you said about like finding the right fit, especially in terms of just like emotion and like feeling like comfortable and feeling like it's like additive to your life in a good way. Obviously jobs are hard. There's things about them that really suck, but I agree with the emotional element of it. I know for me, it's like when I'm working on something or when I'm in something that like feels emotionally good, like it feels like you have a purpose or you're moving forward or there's passion there. And so I think that is a really great piece of advice for jobs. (laughs) Sorry. No, I'm just curious about... So when you, now you've left Hinge, it's 2020, like pandemic times. Um, What was your trajectory to starting seeing other people?
2: So November 2020 got let go, like maybe like November, like 17th or something. Um, I took a month and a half, basically treated it like a breakup where I needed to like detox. I needed to kind of process everything that happens. Like I was in a really bad, like it was the last few months of my time at hinge. Like I was crying oh. every day. I was really having a really hard time. Cause I, and I didn't understand like, why can't I do the things I want? Like, why are all these people telling me no? And again, I didn't know they were trying to literally prove that my position wasn't needed and that they needed to shut down everything yeah. I was doing. Um, So I like, I needed to build up my confidence. I needed to like get a lot of anger out, honestly. So the first month and a half, I literally, it was the best, like, honestly, wonderful time in my life. Um, I spent the whole time coloring in adult coloring books. So it was all, like, curse word books. <laughs> I'm just, like, getting my anger yeah. out from about certain people, like, picking a page that I thought described them. <laughs> uh, I love that. And just, like, coloring my emotions away. Um, and... In, in the background, you know, I'm like planning, seeing other people and I'm like, all right, like first weekend in January, we're wow. launching it. And, um, then at the same time, you know, I started talking to people and saying like, look, like, I'm open for freelancing. If you know anyone who's available. And I was in a, I've always kind of been in a really fortunate position with freelancing where what I do is very public facing. So everybody knows mm, what I yeah. do. So, All I really needed to do was post on my Instagram like, hey, I'm looking for freelancing gigs. And I recognize how privileged I was in that situation. So I never had a problem getting opportunities to make money. Um, My problem was really not knowing when to say Mm -hmm. no, not knowing how to say no, and taking on too many things. And working with people who are working styles just did not fit. So. Over the last year and a half, like, I took on jobs that really wrecked my Mm. mental health. And it was a big learning opportunity for me to, like, eventually get out of them. And it wasn't easy. Um, But it's something, like, you really do have to be careful and kind of, like, get reference checks and make sure that the people you're working with, like, A, you have boundaries set with them. um, And B, that, you know you understand each other and each other's goals and, and yeah, I think, I think that big B word boundaries is, is very, very important. And I was unaware of that. Yeah. I
1: feel (laughs) like it's hard. Like even being like, I work as like a nanny part-time. And I think even like I've learned that I have sometimes like a fear of like asking for the things that I need or want in like a working space because it is so like, you're my boss. Like, how do I tread this water? Like, it's such a interesting thing to deal with. And I know, you know, from talking to my, my dad about it, he's like, this is even like, this is a low stakes, like way to do it. And you need to do it because of situations like that.
2: Yeah. It's, it's something that's really scary to do, but it's like the sooner you do it and the more you practice doing it, the better it's yeah. going to be. And the happier you'll very, be. Very, true.
1: And now like, so you're doing seeing other people full time. That's yes, how did you come up with that name? Yeah,
0: I really love it, and I'm just curious as to how you got there. Do you, do
2: you have an interest in hearing some of the other? Oh, names? I would love to. Yes. <laughs> okay, let me see if I can find this note. Um, so background: I had a co-host at the beginning of Seeing okay. Other People. It was yeah. the same co-host I had when I hosted Dating Sucks. Um, Jonah Feingold, shout out Jonah. Um, It was actually one of some, a name that he pushed for. I really didn't like it. Uh, Let me see. Hold on. If we. uh... So we went through probably hundreds of names the first time around with Dating Sucks, and then we went through probably another hundred or two (laughs) hundred this Mm. time around, some of which being. Not over it. Dating other people. Still not over it. What are we? P.S. I'm not over it. P.S. I'm not over you. P.S. I like you. Double text. Double X. Between paces. IDK single. Hard to get. Complicated AF. Second chances. Should I text? Get with us. It's not us. It's them. In our feelings. Not another dating podcast. If we were a movie. Big date energy. Simp city. Not not dating. Singled out. Mixed signals. We're breaking up. Let the games begin. The dating games. Emotionally unavailable. The right reasons. Do they like me or the I miss you text? Wow. <laughs> And the list I goes I feel like on. that was,
1: like, all the emotions you can have about a relationship
0: in, like, a list. That was incredible. I would also watch, like, a 2000s rom-com with any of those. Yes. <laughs> that yeah, is so Exactly. True.
1: <laughs> that is so true. Wow. Rom-com writers need that list. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's how. We, we went through the list. We kept narrowing things down. Did a few, like, Instagram polls to our close friends. And... I really did not like seeing other people, which is so funny because it's, I love the name now and I can't imagine it being named anything else that was on that list. I love
1: that name. And so how has it been like being a podcast host, having your own like brand and like, and, and managing that and putting it out there into the world?
2: It's, been incredible. I feel so grateful to, you know, first of all have found something that I love to do. I still think I'm horrible at it. Apparently no, I'm not.
1: You have a really nice uh, <laughs> speaking voice as well. So you do.
2: thank you. That's so it's so funny because I Used to hate my voice. Like, I could never let, if I left a voicemail for someone, they'd be playing it out loud. Like, my mom would love to play my voicemails out loud. I would have to, like, walk out of the room. I could not listen yeah. to my voice. Um, I also am terrified of public speaking. So that's <laughs> funny as well. But, but um, no, it's been really, really great. I mean, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. Like, actually recording the episodes is 5%. Yeah. Of oh, it.
1: agreed. Um, agreed. Agreed.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I think I didn't really fully understand how much I was, you know, starting a mm-hmm. company and how much behind the scenes I'd need to be doing and, you know, needing to be keeping track of finances and basically being a business manager and an accountant and also being a salesperson to try and get advertising and being a social media manager and doing outreach to get like, there's so much that goes on. And I've really like I've learned the parts that I hate <laughs> and the parts that yeah. I love. And, you know, it's it's something that, like, with every job, there's going to be things that you don't love doing. But at the end of the day, like, for me, it's completely worth it. And, you know, I think at this point is this next chapter where I, I want the show to hopefully grow more and, and, you know, maybe put together a team of people who so I can bring on people who are better than me at the things that I hate doing and know I'm not good at but still do. Um, I think that would be... Really wonderful, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's so much, there's so much unknowns. It's it's scary. Like I don't always know when my next like paycheck is going to come, or I don't know any, I don't have any partners for the next month so I don't have any ads booked. I don't, I don't have a, I don't have an income yeah. next month yet. You know, so it's, is really scary. And that's something that I kind of like battle with mm-hmm. every day, but I'm like, I know that what I'm doing is taking a big risk, but I know that I need to take this risk in order to get to that next stage that yeah. I want to get to. That's
1: amazing. Okay. Now we have some like dating questions, more dating geared things because everyone was like, we need help, which is,
0: <laughs> Oh yeah. I, I think we got the most responses to any question we've
1: put ever (laughs) so I think one thing people are super interested in and honestly I am too is a dating profile especially the prompts somebody is really interested in knowing like what prompts to use like how to make the most out of your prompts on your page
2: great question because I think a lot of people really struggle with this and understandably because making a dating app profile is like selling yourself convincing yourself how to do it yeah Yeah. (laughs) It's very, yeah. very hard. Three things I suggest. One, have a prompt that is a list. Mm-hmm. And let me give you an example. And this is actually the prompt that really connected my boyfriend Jake and I. Um, and th- This was on Hinge. So I had a prompt, I won't shut up about. And what I wanted to do was take a few things that if you ask any of my best friends, like, what are defining things of Alana? Like, what does Alana love? like What are things that like, anyone who would know Alana would know yeah. about her? And I wrote, I won't shut up about... My dog, Zoe, Sugarfish, which is my favorite sushi place, the Jonas Brothers, (laughs) and whatever song I'm listening to on repeat right now. That was the prompt. And that gave four pieces of very personal, but not like intense information about me to someone else to connect on. So if anyone else liked the Jonas Brothers or didn't like the Jonas Brothers or just knew about the Jonas Brothers (laughs) and could ask about it, they could. If anybody else loved Sugarfish or didn't know what Sugarfish was, they could ask about it. If anybody else had a dog or was interested in dogs and wanted to hear what kind of dog Zoe was, how old Zoe was, they could message me about that. So things, they or someone even could ask, like, what song is on repeat Mm -hmm. right now? So that was one thing. I highly, highly recommend a list of, like, defining things that make you, you. Another thing that I think is very important is put a question in your profile because, As we know, people are very stupid, especially (laughs) on dating apps, and don't know how to start conversations. So we need to give them all the help that we possibly can. So whether it's a question, whether it's saying, like, typical Sunday, like, you know, waking up, going for a walk in the park, and then trying to find, like, a new Mezcal bar, what's your favorite spot in town for Mezcal? Or, you know, exploring... An area of the city I haven't been in searching for the best donut. Do you have a favorite? Anything like that where it can be specific to, I think, in particular, a type of food or drink Mm -hmm. that you like and asking them where they go for that. Because that also leads, like, anybody can answer that, and that leads into date conversation. That leads into let's get off the app and meet in person and go do this thing. So I think that's really important. Um, Another way you could do that, you know, I had – if anyone needs help, I, I offered dating app profile oh, revamps. Um, nice. so I had one of, I had one of those with this woman and she was mentioning how, you know, she wasn't having trouble getting matches and getting dates, but she was having trouble connecting mm. with those people and finding the right people. So what I said to her, I was like, well, tell me about the last like two or three people that you've actually felt a connection with or were really interested in. And she starts telling me about these two men who one of them was like worked for NASA and the other was a poet and very, very different things. But from the way she was explaining these guys to me, I was able to pull out that she really was interested in the fact that they were Mm. passionate about something. It didn't matter what that thing was, but they were really passionate. And so I said to her, like, well, it sounds like you're really attracted to passion and it'd be great for you to know from the get go, like if they're passionate about something and what that thing is, so you can connect over that. So we put a question in her profile and it literally said, the one thing I want to know about you is what is something you're passionate about?
0: Yeah. Not that hard. I'm okay. not. This is making me reflect on my own profile. I know. I'm, I'm like, like, what my are you profile thinking? Is you profile, is profile? Bad. <laughs> I It's bad. It's, bad. <laughs> I th- I th- it's not awful.
1: It's just not good.
2: well guess what that means there's room for improvement
0: growth
1: I know and I mean continuing with the dating app thing I think it's super interesting because a lot of people can like have that like negative view on the dating app and so this is kind of like a double-ended kind of question um for people that are like I hate dating apps whatever like how would you suggest they kind of maybe shift the mindset and if somebody is looking to try and meet someone off a dating app what is your advice there
2: so first of all nobody loves dating apps (laughs) people aren't on them because they're awesome (laughs) and it's so much fun (laughs) so know that like yeah it can be really hard out there. There are people who have been on the apps for years and haven't had success, but all it takes is one. And maybe your person has been in a relationship this whole time or has lived in another state. And now guess what? Like there are always people getting out of relationships, getting back on the apps who are looking for the next person who is going to be their Mm -hmm. life partner or somebody is just moving to New York or Nashville or Miami or wherever in the world you live. Like you never know who's going to come on the app. So don't, Fully write them off at the same time um I, ha- I have to mention like don't be negative in your profile like don't if you are going to be on the apps and you hate the apps don't say like the worst mistake I ever made like downloading this stupid I app. see that like, so no- often really yeah <laughs> It's horrible. Oh. It's so horrible. And nobody's ever going to want to match with you if you're already being negative. Like you want to be positive. Don't talk about the things that you hate. Like we're all not happy <laughs> to be here, but we're all here. Oh, no. So that's the kind of club we're in. But listen, just because dating apps exist doesn't mean that ways to meet in person stopped existing. Sure. And I think people have that like messed up kind of outlook on it. And I understand because i felt that way too, but bars still exist, parks still exist, coffee shops still exist, parties, weddings, birthdays, pregames, all of these places where you can go and meet somebody and connect with people. They didn't go away just when, because dating apps came to be, they're still all here. And so, you know, you have to put yourself in the position to meet people. You have to go to these places and not just go, but you have to go and talk to people. You have to you know, say to your friends, like, hey, I'm have, like, really frustrated with the dating apps right now, but I really am looking to meet someone. If you have anyone in mind, or you know, if you have a coworker who's around our age who might know somebody and, and ask them, here's a picture of me you can send and a little blurb about me, I'm open to a setup with anyone they want. I think that's an amazing way to meet somebody, but people don't think to do that because they assume that if somebody had someone to set you up with, they'd be setting yeah. you up with them. You have to bring it top of mind and give them the tools they need to set you up and then be open to the setup.
1: That is so good. That's very good. I know. So Go. I know
0: that like, obviously because you worked there, like you have a lot more experience with hinge, but I was wondering like, what are your like thoughts on the other apps? Or like, if you had to like sort of like sum up the differences of them, like in a couple Ooh, of words, how would
2: good it be? One. That's good. Okay. So, and here's the thing for me. I mean, there are a lot of great things I could say about hinge and there are a lot of not great things I could say about hinge for me. It was the app that worked the best for me before I worked there. I never actually ended up getting on a date from Bumble.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever downloaded uh, Bumble in, in my t- trials with dating apps. I,
0: I'm mostly on Hinge. I find Bumble a really annoying app. I'm trying to think, like if I could describe them
2: as if they were all like high school <laughs> kids. Um, I think Bumble's like the try hard cheerleader. <laughs> That's like so peppy yeah. all the time. And, you know, like oh everybody knows about her. Some people like her. Some people like really can't stand her. But she so she's like not for everyone. She's a certain type. So similarly to like how on Bumble you how does that actually how does it work? I'm curious if, if either of you know how does it work when It's not a guy and a girl on Bumble. When it's two women,
0: it's just either one can message first. It's
2: just whoever? Okay. My friends who are on it really, you know, they'll match with people, but then they don't know what to say beyond Mm -hmm. hi. And so you really, like, if you're on Bumble, you have to be a little more... You have to put work in. mm -hmm. You have to start... Especially if you're you're a girl, especially if you're a girl matching with a guy, you have to put the work in. You can't just say hi. You have to actually start a conversation. Um, I think... I'm going to stop describing them because my high school reference was not very <laughs> good, but
1: I love to know. Re-batteried. Yeah. So tell us what you think about uh, Tinder.
2: Yeah. I mean, Tinder's Tinder. Look, I will be, I will be honest. I'm surprised by the number of times they hear that somebody actually found a relationship off of Tinder. Um, yeah. Me
1: as well. The my last time I was on Tinder was like high school. I think one of my best friends found her boyfriend on Tinder. Yeah. And he's lovely. So. When did they meet? Um, they met during the pandemic, and technically they had some mutuals, but they did technically like first-time meeting on Tinder.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, it can work, and I think there are yeah. also a lot of people who don't really know the kind of like what, what's the word I'm missing. There's connotation. Y- yeah, the like, association. Y- the, the reputation, like reputation. There are yeah. reputation. Yeah, there there are go. people out there who will download Nap without knowing the reputation just because they've been so, like, out of the game or just haven't been on dating right. apps. So I do think, like... What I always say to people is, like, try them all and see yeah. what works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. think OkCupid okay is one that I wish was more mainstream because I actually think that it's set up for, like, the most intentional dater. If you actually want to find someone, download OkCupid. Okay and Interesting. they The reason being, they ask you so many questions to really match mm-hmm. you with the right types of people and a lot of people will drop out in that sign up phase so because it's like oh this is too much effort like and eh, like I'll do this later like eh, I don't really care enough I'll just go download one that's easier and so mm-hmm. it really kind of weeds out the people that don't care and aren't going to put in the effort. And then it's really value focused. So there are pro-choice badges that people can put on their profile. There are Black Lives Matter badges that people can put on their profile. So you're able to actually match with people based on what matters and what you value. And so you are like, you know that you're aligned on the important things.
1: And is it an app now? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, I, I didn't know that. I still think of like the like
0: old, like, <laughs> like eHarmony. Not, not that it was an app. Yeah. Like yeah, not literally
1: dial up, but I think of
0: it as like, again, very 2000s, like internet. Like it was definitely in a lot of movies where like kids set up their parents on good. <laughs> yes, yeah.
2: That's so funny. Um, But yeah, it's an app. I, I haven't personally used it, but I think it's one that I, I wish more people who are really trying to find someone would use.
1: Yeah, and then somebody... This one was a little bit more specific. Um, they were like, what do you think about um, an ex, uh, uh, your partner still having pictures of their ex on social media?
2: Here's the thing. Everyone you gonna that you're going to ask is going to say something different. Yeah. Um, I think that there are a lot of people who it's an absolute no. For the second they break up, they remove every single picture. I think there are a lot of people who don't really use Instagram that much where like they don't know. So for example, my ex-boyfriend from high school is now engaged. And if you look at his Instagram feed, he went from one serious relationship to the next to the next. And he's been with this girl now for like seven years, but yeah. he's posted probably 20 pictures in his life. So if you scroll, <laughs> not you don't even have to scroll to see his ex-girlfriend and he's engaged now. So it's like, right. But like he doesn't really use Instagram is my assumption. Right. Um, so I think there are people who it's going to, you know, be the, the pictures are going to be there because they don't really care. And they're not thinking about it in the same way that right. you are. So I wouldn't judge somebody. Like I still have pictures from, you know, my ex that broke up with me in that hotel room. You'd have to scroll really far to find them, but they're there. I didn't delete them. Yeah. Um, does that mean I'm still into him? No, they're just there. They were pictures that I posted and I don't hate him. I don't I not feel the need to delete him. Like it didn't cause me pain to keep those pictures there. So it's, I think it's a very personal thing. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Both of you.
1: I am one of those girls that like, once I think for me in order to really establish a break, like I need to get rid of the photos and sort of do the blocking and whatever, because I have very little (laughs) self-control. And so I'll kind of go back. Um, but like my current partner right now, uh, like they don't have any, they're not an avid Instagram user. Like literally Last year, they posted for our one-year anniversary. They posted one other photo, and then they posted for our two-year anniversary. So I feel like in the same case, I'd be like, if there were pictures of exes on their profile, I'd be like, I know you don't right. really engage in social media. you know? I I
0: archived. I never fully delete, but I archived all my photos with my ex. But that was only because I didn't initially when we broke up. I only did when he then went... And asked two of my best friends and roommates behind my back if i had been cheating on him. And then wrote a song about me how, uh, calling me petty, immature, and privileged. Shut and
2: went,
0: up. Oh, <laughs> he literally, when we broke up, he was like, could we talk about it, like, getting back together in the fall? And I was like, yeah, I'd absolutely be open to that. And then he wrote a song and called me petty, immature, and privileged. And I found out about the song from my mother. Um, <laughs> so then I archived all of our photos. You guys can't see me, <laughs>
2: but my jaw's on the floor.
0: <laughs> i'm dying but oh i'm not God. attached to someone deleting photos with the Rex. i would have kept them up had he not been a tool
2: yeah the what's yeah. funny for me jake my boyfriend of a year and a half we just moved in together he oh. has never posted me on his instagram and if you were to tell me a year two years three years ago that i would date somebody who never posted me on their instagram and i would be okay with it I would have laughed out loud like so much. I been mean, like, you're out of your mind. Like, that is not okay. What is he trying to hide me? Like, what right. What do you mean he's never posted me? And, you know, he, Jake hasn't posted in four years on Instagram. Like, <laughs> so he'll repost my stories, but he's never posted me on the feed. And, like, it's never once bothered me, which is so weird because in any other relationship I've been in in the past, I'm like – I was so anxious over, like, oh, if I post a story, will they repost it or, like – Like, here's a good picture of us. Like, are they going to post it on the feed? Like, can I post it on my feed? Like, you know, there was so much like thought and anxiety surrounding it. And it's so interesting now that I like, like he's literally never posted me and I just don't care.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I feel that. And then our last question is, um, what is like a good piece of just like general dating advice? Oh, wait. No, I'm going to do oh, the actual okay. last. I have okay. an actual last question. But the ac-
0: last There's a the question we question. ask at the end yeah. of every interview. And I was like, Sarah, are you just <laughs> skipping that? I have not forgotten it. She I, went, fuck you and your plan.
2: I do the same thing. I'm always like, my last question. And then I'm like, OK, and the real last question. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my God. OK. I think this is something that I can relate to every aspect of my life and I really applied it to every aspect of my life, but it's a piece of advice I got from my mom. I'm sure she told it to me my entire childhood, but I never really listened until high school. (laughs) It's if you don't ask, you don't get. And Mm. like I said, with setups, like you got to ask for them. If there is something that's bothering you in a dating situation or relationship you're in, your partner can't read your mind. You have to be open and share what you're feeling and share what you need. Like everyone's needs are different. Nobody's going to know what you need unless you tell them that and unless you ask for what you need and then ask them what they need. So just know, I think, in dating, in relationships, in any partnership, in any friendship, if you don't ask, you don't get.
1: Agreed great. And now my real last question is. <laughs> Sorry for <laughs> interrupting. No, I don't care. Um, every, we ask everyone this. Um, can you tell us a, a recent moment where you felt clueless? I was trying
2: to think about this before this recording.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it can literally be whatever. It could be silly. It could be whatever you want it to be. There
2: have been so many. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. Shit. I really tried to prepare for this one.
1: No, don't worry. Take your time. <laughs> oh, it's literally. okay. Okay.
2: I, so I have an older brother, Brian, and he is like, very successful in what he does. And he has all of these friends who work in like private equity and finance and, and they're investment bankers and whatever else. I don't even know. And they're, they're all very smart, very <laughs> successful. And I was out to dinner with, it was for my brother's birthday, my brother, three of his friends and my parents. And I've never felt more clueless in my life. Then hearing these conversations not knowing honestly half the words they were using not being able yep. to contribute anything just like smiling and nodding and like eating my pasta I had no <laughs> I, like I felt not only did I feel clueless like I felt stupid I felt like I didn't belong like it was very weird but I was like okay this yeah. is cool like I guess my brother will have some vacation homes for me to stay in someday <laughs> <laughs> like but I'm like this is just not my language <laughs>
1: That is so funny. That reminds me, my dad like works in finance. And when people ask like what my dad does, I'm like, couldn't tell you. I know he works in finance, (laughs) but like there's a bunch of things I just don't get. My dad was in startups and he would
0: teach me his whole pitches. Like I would be able to give the pitch to people as a kid. That's sweet.
2: Well, that's funny to me because now my mind goes like, wait, startups existed when we were kids. I thought they were and new. He, was
0: in, he was in tech startups too
2: I didn't know I, those mean, existed. I thought that was like a thing of the last 10 years
0: I mean it's funny because he'll describe to me like the first few ones he did and it's literally like not literally but like working with like cassette players and I'm like oh so it was technology but not in the way I think of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's so funny <laughs>
1: amazing well thank you so much for coming on the podcast today this has been so much fun i feel like i've learned so much in this last hour so thank you I'm so much thank you so much profile tonight i
2: look <laughs> send me what you're thinking i got you covered we're gonna we're gonna make this great get you on those one to two dates a month
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you So that
0: was our interview with Alana Dunn. We hope you all had a fun time and that you you learned a lot.
1: I know. I bet there's so many beautiful nuggets to learn um, from this conversation with Alana. Like, talking to a dating expert, like, that's gold. Uh,
0: That's something that me need, yeah, help.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> me need help date yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so we hope you all enjoyed our interview with Alana and we'll be back next week with another episode per usual you know oh sorry let me like <laughs> tell you where you can find us <laughs> on social media audrey's like you can't see audrey but she's like pointing at like, me to do the thing and i'm not doing the thing i'm
0: not supposed to, you go first okay I go second.
1: i'm going first so if you are liking what you're hearing and you want to help us and support us more you can follow us on instagram at completely fucking clueless
0: and on tiktok at completely fck ing clueless
1: Woohoo! and don't forget to rate subscribe review follow download do all the things <laughs> click
0: every button literally
1: click the buttons because i don't know what any of it means anymore i mean do any of us? yeah but we're also really close to a thousand followers on spotify which is really exciting because um to think of where we started to where we are now
0: we started at zero
1: we started at zero but like also i think what i Um, and proud of us most is that we had no prior following to this it wasn't like we were like influencer girlies with like some big youtube platform or tiktok platform or what it was like we just were were still not we're still not but like (laughs) i mean we're almost like we're getting to half like uh like halfway to sixteen thousand on tiktok Uh, which is a huge accomplishment go us i know tiktok doesn't hate us right now prayers prayers okay all right y'all have an amazing tuesday have an amazing week i haven't sang yet so there's you there's your little bit and don't forget to be fucking clueless Ooh. bye bye <laughs> that was so extra <laughs> um. oh. yeah, this is mommy Hi. <laughs> Hi.